0: You're listening to Fueled, a Finstermaker podcast. And I'm your host, Katherine Fenstamaker. All right, just to introduce our guest today on Fueled Season Three, all about the Louisiana Watershed Initiative, we're here with Jonathan Bro. Jonathan Bro began his surveying career at Finstamaker as a rodman in 2007. Now, almost 16 years later, Jonathan is a party chief three having worked his way through the ranks of our field operations. As a survey party chief, Jonathan coordinates and supervises the activities of his crew, including instrumentmen and rodmen, as directed by project managers and under the supervision of our field operations manager, along with a licensed professional surveyor. Throughout the years, Jonathan has exhibited excellent time management, conflict resolution and teamwork skills, has held himself and his crew to a high standard of operation, demonstrating accountability, independence, and professionalism as our company representative on job sites. We're excited to be out here with you, Jonathan, and look forward to getting to know you a bit better as we explore your role as a fence maker Party Chief and as an integral part of the overarching subject of this season of Fueled, the Louisiana Watershed Initiative. So thank you for being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: So, a far cry from the plan for season three. This was supposed to be summer in the swamp, but here we are Summer's today. Going now. <laughs> <laughs> so, we just kind of shifted and really just interested in the Louisiana Water Initiative and everything that's going on with it. Uh-huh. So, just a bit of background. In August of 18, Governor Edwards launched the Louisiana Watershed Initiative, a continuation of the planning, coordination, and collaboration across various federal, state, and local agencies in direct response to the historic flooding events in March and August of 2016, events that forced us to rethink how our state approaches floodplain management. Following the launch of LWI in September of 2020, the federal government, through the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, a grant agreement was signed, establishing a $1.2 billion line of credit in community development block grant mitigation funds for flood risk reduction priorities throughout Louisiana, providing an unprecedented opportunity to enhance and expedite these LWI efforts. Through the Louisiana Watershed Initiative, the Council on Watershed Management established six strategic areas to guide planning, projects, and policies toward long-term flood risk reduction and quality of life improvement across the state, one of which is data, the focus of our podcast interview today. So LWI requires relevant living models and data in each watershed that are then used for land use, policy decision-making, and project evaluation, and that's what you guys are out here focused on. So my first question for you is, from your vantage point, how does it affect you knowing that the data collection and the survey work that you're doing out here in Region 4 is serving as the foundation for all the efforts in Combes in the Louisiana Watershed Initiative.
1: Well, to me, it's, we're doing our cross sections. We have to take pictures and everything. What it is, we try to find out the drainage after the storm, especially. But There's a lot of obstacles, a lot of blockage here. And for me, it's to help the state. Kind of keep our insurances here in the state, hopefully give us a lower premium. I find it rewarding for the state. It's a hard task, definitely, but we're getting it done. We're getting elevations. We're showing problems, and I think it's rewarding. I think it's something besides the oil field. Yeah. You know, we're actually doing something that's going to help the state, mm-hmm. you know, with flooding issues, mm-hmm. waterways, not just for assets, you know, that's for wildlife, you know, right. fishing, hunting. So, to me, it's kind of rewarding Protecting to kind of help out, of you know, participate in it.
0: Does being such a critical component in this larger effort make your effort more meaningful to you, knowing that it will serve our state for decades to come? Oh
1: yeah, a lot more rewarding. Like I said, if everything could just drain out properly, we wouldn't have to worry about all this flooding issues. Yeah, especially wildlife. I mean, you got fish, deer, everything. The water gets blocked up miles down the road, Hunting's gonna disappear. Fishing's gonna disappear. So for me, you know, being a sportsman, fishing and hunting is definitely rewarding for me.
0: And did you grow up like that?
1: Yes, yes. I grew up in the basin. Fishing, hunting—it's just my way of life too. Your dad—that's my playtime. That
0: That comes from your family.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a. My dad was a big fisherman. uh, Not much of a hunter. I kind of pick up the hunting through friends, but. For me, it's rewarding. Something to bring the kids out, you know, besides the shopping and playing on their iPads. I mm-hmm. like to bring them out fishing, hunting, and water has a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So
1: that's why it's rewarding, you know, seeing it go through if it gets cleared up and everything works like it's supposed to. Yes. It would be good.
0: Okay, so. It being rewarding in that aspect, is this project, I guess, like from a ground perspective, is it different in any remarkable way from others that you've worked on in the course of your career? Yes. And if so, how?
1: Yeah, like I said, I, I do a lot of off field work. Mm-hmm. Doing oil field work, you know, you put in a pipeline, you're doing the well location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we'll see the work when it's done. But something like this is going to affect everybody. It's a whole lot different. Because I can actually see what's going to happen, what's going to affect us. Even though we're way out here in De and Lafayette, it can affect us there, too. I mean, we're doing research there also. Is it's, the landscape way or our
0: terrain different? Or is it just like the job... The task uh, the order terrain, itself.
1: It's all about the same because we always in the woods, mm-hmm. you know, pipeline, we're in the swamps, we're in the marsh. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in the same terrain. Kind of it's prospecting right of way Yeah.
0: normally or yeah. like staking a well pad location. Staking,
1: staking, cutting out, you know, So we work on the waters, you know, probing. It's all the terrain's about the same. You but know? it's kind of uh, like the
0: approach and like the mentality yeah. and just knowing the bigger yeah, picture. Exactly. Making and it's a whole
1: different. different type of work. this is more of engineering. And like I said, it's a more meaningful thing It's going to affect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A well-location pipeline is going to affect a group of people, you know. Mm-hmm. This is going to affect the whole state. Yeah. So it's different.
0: So you say it's more of an engineering thing. Do you it's find yourself more, working with different people in the office?
1: Yes, yes. We, I work with different project managers, engineers on the project, because we have a survey department and an engineering department. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's also a nice thing to see that we work in with other people in the office. Yeah. Get to know them better. Get to see how this works. How yeah. this work compared to our oil and gas and petroleum side. Which
0: was like pretty much siloed into the survey division. Yeah. Yep. And then so this is kind of a one company
1: yeah, move. We could do it all. We could all work together on Yeah. Whatever department so Have you met used.
0: anybody interesting in engineering that you took a liking to? Or uh, yeah I'm, I'm a
1: big people's person. I get along with everybody. I enjoy working with Bradford and you know all them, and it's. I like it. It's different. It's different work. It's refreshing to have something different. You know. Yeah. Deal absolutely. with different people and see how they like to work, how mm-hmm. they like things done compared to all gas out of the company. You know. So I enjoy it. It's I enjoy neat. it.
0: So okay, your survey crew. As one of the 10 maker crews working this project in Region 4, mm-hmm. which includes parts of DeSoto, Sabine, Vernon, Rapides, Beauregard, Allen, Calcasieu, Jeff Davis, and Cameron Parishes, yep. which is a large swath of land, mm-hmm. um, is responsible for executing the survey plan developed in conjunction with DOTD for the Whiskey Chitto, Toledo Bend Reservoir, Lower Sabine, and Upper Lower and West Fort Calcasieu Watershed. Mm-hmm. So my question is, has the vast of sheer land coverage been overwhelming, or has that been a welcome challenge for you?
1: Not really, nothing I'm used to. Like, for instance, pipeline, like where we're standing here, this line probably runs for four or five hundred miles. Okay. So it's kind of like the creeks, it, it runs 30, 40 miles. So we're used to jumping over different parishes, towns, and with today's technology, I mean, with Google Earth and our assistance from the office, it navigate pretty well. It's just not overwhelming. It's just another day at work for me, you know? Okay. So, but other than that, it's pretty simple. doesn't nothing, intimidate not, you. Nothing intimidates me. That's not cool. Not when it comes to that, you know?
0: And are you in, like, collaboration, communication with the other crews? Or do you all yeah, kind yeah, of operate talk, independently? Uh,
1: sometimes they might need some help on something, see where they're at. That way, if we out here in a remote area, we know where the other crew's at. If something would have happened, if I would have got our UTV stuck, my truck stuck, right. or... God forbid something would happen to one of us. We know where the other crew's at. So we could call them up right quick say, hey, look, we need help. We need assistance. Can you come get us right quick? Yeah, we know where they're at. And we talk in the evenings at the hotels and stuff. Yeah? And Is that some good camaraderie then? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. all good stuff. Sometimes we complain and sometimes it's, you know, it <laughs> all comes on with the, the terrain. Yeah, it just depends yeah. how it goes that day, you know. But,
0: nice. Yeah,
1: but we stay in touch with everybody out here.
0: Good. That's good that y'all have that relationship. So a lot of the work being done out here seems to be in remote and heavily wooded locations, perhaps even some storm ravaged areas that offer a lot of difficulty as far as accessibility and navigability. How have these environmental hazards played a role in working on this project? Tell me about some of the obstacles that you and your team have been faced with overcoming.
1: A lot of down trees. A lot of damaged trees are down. We try not to spend too much time trying to get to a spot on the creek here. Mm-hmm. So once you're coming through, if it's super thick, trees are down everywhere, mm-hmm. we'll we'll skip it and go to the next one. Okay. Or what I normally do, I just follow it. And if I see a, a path that's easier, the woods are clearer, I'll jump in and get it there. Even though it's not on the point, at least we're giving them something. Right. And that's been our toughest challenge out here. It's accessing through the those-
0: down trees is that from the hurricane mostly from the from hurricane laura yeah, like hurricane you can tell laura. the path of it yeah because
1: we're in the path of the hurricane okay here and it knocked down major trees and mm-hmm. when the trees fall it's been what about a year now yeah all that underbrush comes up okay real super thick because mm-hmm. there's no more canopy okay so when you have a tall trees canopy the underbrush stays low and you can navigate through it okay but when the sun's just beating down on everything it gets real real thick Okay. And it takes time. We have to cut our way through.
0: Yeah.
1: It might take us hours to get to the creek. We what kind to of cut. tools
0: are you using to cut? What's that? Using machete to uh, cut? Brush like hooks. Brush we hooks? We use brush
1: hooks. Okay. Yep.
0: So you don't bring a chainsaw out? No, not, you
1: don't not on that this project. Heavy. No. We okay. try not to damage any trees, any property. We, we tread lightly. We try to go around things if mm-hmm. we could. If not, we just find the best way in.
0: Is that a landowner concern of like disturbing a tree or something like that? Well, it's, Is there yeah, it's of... that
1: we don't want to get any landowners, you know, upset. Right. You know? It's not only just their trees; their food plots. It's hunting season. True. Got yeah, food plots. I mean, I get people come on me all the time. They see me on cameras. Okay. And they come and ask what we're doing and stuff and i tell them look we're not damaging nothing mm-hmm. we just cut vines to kind of get through sometimes yeah. they enjoy it because now they have a pathway through the woods to go oh, get the Oh, or... okay it just depends who you meet you might have you paved
0: know? a road for them yeah
1: sometimes it does help them you know and you sometimes they ca- help us
0: you got any cash reward for that or nah, they just let it go? <laughs> no
1: they uh and sometimes they help us out you know i came across some hunters or some landowners i was like look i'm trying to get to the creek i show them on the map they say, "Well, I got a trail right through here, mm. and they—I followed them on their four wheelers or whatever." Okay. And sometimes they help me out.
0: Some so. of them are happy to. Yeah, some are. And, some are not guide. so pleasant,
1: but we get some good ones. All kinds. Yeah. As my grandmother
0: said, it takes all kinds.
1: Yep, all kinds. <laughs> yep.
0: So we're just kind of talking about landowners and and interactions there. Aside from that, or maybe you could add on. My question is. How do you and your crew approach troublesome areas? And I ask, do you coordinate with landowners or public officials within the area for assistance? And you kind of already spoke to that, yeah. but do you have anything to add about how y'all approach these? Well,
1: trouble the way spots? We, I like to approach, if we come across a property, say the creek, the property's in front of the, the creek, there's a house, homestead, whatever, I go knock on doors try to get look hey we're on your property we're trying to get to the creek we're trying to do this and most of the time they they're good with it they let Mm -hmm. us in places like this i would call joe up sometimes i call him say look i can't access this Mm -hmm. he'll look on his end and try to see if he can find another way in in the remote areas. sometimes they have locked gates it's three four thousand feet i mean Mm -hmm. we can't walk that and come back within right two, three hours you know? so when
0: you talk about referencing joe you're talking about yeah. joe with his drone equipment
1: well he'll he'll go on the computer and oh, he'll okay. look at the maps. He's, he's looking at what we can see but on the bigger picture okay and sometimes he'll find information for us okay you know he, he might find out the hunt club or whatever you know the all field whatever we need yeah and he'll he'll help us out with that and like I said, with the landowners, sometimes they let us on. You know, say, oh, yeah, there's a gate back there. Here's the combination. Mm-hmm. Just lock it back up, you know, whatever. Some areas is just bad. We just can't get to it at all. We, we're a mile away from it, and we, we just skip it, you Okay. Know? We have a farm on our phones, on that app. No access. So we take pictures. We show the gate, whatever, whatever the case is, and just mm-hmm. continue to the next of, one. We just use your judgment try to keep going.
0: and use your connection in the office yes, to
1: kind yes. of be your... Yeah, exactly. Yep. Base of additional uh-huh. information. Yep. That's cool. That's how That's how we've been. It's been pretty successful. It's been been working pretty good. And like you said with the drone, there's one day I called Joe up, man, on the uh, whiskey Mm-hmm. Couldn't get nowhere near it for okay. miles. Nowhere near it. Everything was locked up. The access was bad. The trees were horrible. Yeah. And they had this cliffs just dropping. So the places Ooh. that we can't get to, we couldn't get in the creek. Because okay. they had 30, foot, 30, 40 foot drops. Right. So I coordinated with him, had mm-hmm. him come out with the drone, man. He started flying drones out. Okay. I said, look, here, 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 and here looks okay. like it's good. Instead of us spending days
0: right walking and trying to or... find
1: access, mm-hmm. he could see it with the, with the drone image. Okay. Because the Google Earth, it's, some of it's outdated. Right. So some of these images are from like five years ago, 10 mm-hmm. years ago. It's, it's different. So or like you were there,
0: saying earlier the water level might have changed.
1: Water level could have changed. It could be lower, it could be higher. Mm-hmm. You know, and when he gets that drone, it's it's live, man. We we're sitting there watching it. Okay. And he's like, "Okay, we know we can't get there. Can't get there. He'll make some circles around there yeah. and say, "Okay, here's a trail. It looks good." Mm-hmm. We know it's good cuz it's real time. And we'll try that. And he go back in the office, process it, give me some points. I can throw it on Google Earth, and I can navigate to it. Nice. Instead of spending, like I said, days or weeks, this failing attempts just trying to get to what we see on Google Earth, Mm -hmm. we have it right there on the drone.
0: Okay, and so since you've been at this work for such a long time, Mm -hmm. this kind of newer technology, do you find... (laughs) whenever it was introduced maybe there was some skepticism maybe people were side-eyeing it a little bit or like whenever it came on the scene were you just welcoming to it and just in acknowledgement that it was just creating efficiency in your work like you just described I
1: I enjoyed it yeah I I think technology is coming a long way helps us out cuts out it might sound bad but cuts out man hours but giving good product we're good time and we're saving money on the clients end. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing all this you know so i'm always inviting technology i love right. it it helps us out mm-hmm. i mean when i first started everything was cabled there was no bluetooth so we had to fight away with everything you couldn't do no gps work in the woods thank god we have what we have now with gps right you know because if we had to do all this conventionally
0: mm-hmm.
1: man we'd be here for years so technology has always been depressing for me you know yeah and just like I said, I could call the office up, say, hey, can you look at this? Can you look right. at that? They could do it remotely, you know? Yeah. So I like it. Well,
0: it that's good it. that you have a positive attitude because I think a lot of people get stuck in the way things were always yeah, done. Yeah. And it's easy to I, not or to want to resist change. Yeah,
1: I can but see to that.
0: Embrace to it is a great mentality.
1: Yeah, people are just stuck in that ways. They know it. They're comfortable with it. Yeah. And I understand that. And some of the guys, they're older. They're not into it no more and just not understand, you know. Yeah. But the old-fashioned, bust your butt and get it done, mm-hmm. which we still do. Right. But now we have help of technology, mm-hmm. you know. And it you makes talk it about
0: the kind of like the trade-off, right, of it's less man hours. Mm-hmm. So you might be sacrificing some man hours on a particular job, but also it frees you up to work other jobs. Exactly. So the magnitude. You get more jobs coming
1: in. Uh, yeah. Compared to other companies that still have the old ways. Right. Might take them a month to do what we could do in a week.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you have friends who work for other companies? I, have, I have a things.
1: brother that, uh-huh. well, he, he surveyed, but he's offshore. Okay. I have some friends of mine that, that work here that mm-hmm. went to other companies. Mm-hmm. And I still talk to them every and now and then. And they're
0: using, like, similar methodologies? Some, yeah, do you find yeah. that, like, where are we in as, as much as, I like, th- advanced I think advanced we're, we're getting more advanced. I think yeah? We're,
1: I, I think it's because we're a bigger company. They work for these mom-and-pop operations, Mm -hmm. so they don't have as much, I guess, cash flow to come through to buy new equipment. Right, right.
0: And I know there's been a push from the top to invest in newer technologies, Mm -hmm. to develop deeper partnerships with companies like Trimble and to integrate these Uh newer technologies more. And so have you felt that in recent years, more of like an investment and a push to use these latest and
1: greatest? Yeah, I hear it a lot. Uh, As a matter of fact, I talked to uh, Mr. Charlie Fenster maker at the gumbo thing a couple of weeks ago, he's going to tremble over there in Vegas. Yeah. They just went. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I thought it was pretty neat, man. Yeah. He was talking about the new equipment. Maybe we could get our hands on it. Yeah. Start playing with it a little bit and okay. see,
0: see how it does. You Do know? you like the idea of being a guinea pig for new oh, technology? I love, it. I
1: love it. I love it. I mean, I don't know the business end of all that, but being out here in the field,
0: You like oh, to I put your it. hands on it. Oh, I would love it. Well, you're the end user, right? Yep. yep. So whatever decisions are made there,
1: it, it's. Well, it refl- I give them my opinion on about what it, you do every what day. I feel, and we go from there. From and there, it's an office yeah. decision. It's a higher ups. That's and that's me. how
0: they troubleshoot and develop new technology. Yeah. So that's also being on the front end of development. Yeah, exactly. It's really what cool it can place do, what
1: it can do. Is it compatible with our stuff? And how often we're going to use it? You know, stuff like that. So. Okay. It's pretty neat. You ready for my next question? All right. <laughs>
0: Okay, given the difficulties and challenges of this job, what keeps you showing up day after day? How did you get into surveying and what do you love about it?
1: Well, the way I got into surveying, I worked offshore. I was a safety inspector offshore, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was looking for something new. I had a friend of mine that was going to school for surveying, and he was employed at CNC. Okay. And at the same time, my brother was at going to school for civil engineering survey. and surveying. They said, hey, why don't you give CNC a try? Okay. You like offshore, try that and see. I said, well, I'm trying to get out from offshore but let's do it. So I got into that and they were into sonars and all that stuff and I did it for about a year. Okay. And then I just decided I didn't want to go offshore really anymore. So I started looking around and my same friend of mine that got me with CNC was working here at Fenster maker. Okay. And it's a little summer intern thing he was doing and uh so I gave it a whirl. The first day, I didn't like it.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah. What but, happened the first day you didn't like it?
1: Uh, Like I said, I worked offshore. I, I wasn't working, you know, on land. I, I never, okay. I was always offshore. You well, I'm in a store.
0: You're kind of like in a confined space, right? Well, you're just we were like in like on a ship platform. or a boat or something, okay.
1: you know, jackups or whatever. I was on platforms and stuff okay. like that. But my first day here, we were out there in White Castle. It was storming. Uh-oh. lightning. No. In a swamp up to our neck. We had a canoe. We Later flipped out alley, of it three times. Night. Oh yeah. We were trying to help get it done which I loved the outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Nothing scares me. I just didn't like the lightning. So I'm holding a prism rod 12 foot up in the sky in the woods and lightning hitting around. Uh-uh. I was like is this really for me? Because I, I don't <laughs> you know. But I talked to you know my, my boss at the time and I told him about it. So he said look forget that Put you on another crew. Okay. And I did that, and I've been here ever since. I loved it. I love it out here. It's I love the outdoors. I love the people I get to meet. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are kind of bad people, but most of the time it's good, give or take. You know, talk to people, you know, and travel.
0: Yeah.
1: I I love it. So that's what gets me.
0: What advice would you give to someone who's maybe up and coming looking for, you know, to get their toes wet in this like, mm-hmm. in this area of career choice.
1: Definitely try this kind of work in surveying.
0: Yeah.
1: There's different types. They got, like, most of you engineering surveyors, mm-hmm. they they highways and developments and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. But you you in traffic. You're in busy areas all the time. Okay. If you get into surveying, try something like this, you know, yeah. oil field or, you know, watershed, whatever. Something that's mm-hmm. out in the woods, yeah. out in pastures, out
0: yeah. Open country. You like the natural environment. The
1: freedom. Of course, they they watch us. They didn't know about the yes. data. And, mm-hmm. But come out here, make decisions, do what you need to do. You don't have people all over you. You don't yeah. have cars blowing horns at you. Yeah. Try not to get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. You know, being out here it's it's nice.
0: Do you feel like it's a trade off though? You're not having cars zoom by you but you might encounter some snakes or some gators. I'd rather deal like that. with a
1: snake and a gator <laughs> anytime.
0: Than an uh, 80 mile per hour car. Oh, yeah. 80 mile an hour <laughs>
1: car, somebody texting. Or yeah. It really the phone is dangerous. It, it's, we do some stuff on the side of the road, too, now. Yeah. Uh, I think
0: uh, it's yeah we had some close
1: calls, especially with me. I almost got hit a couple of times just off the side of the road. Just We had lights on, strobe lights, cones. It, it, yeah. They don't care.
0: So, what would you encourage drivers to do then?
1: Oh, slow down when you see a truck on the side of the road. Don't yeah. matter if it's a survey or anybody, just slow it down. That's my thing. Yeah. You know, I was a fireman. You know, I was. I ran with the police department for a while, mm-hmm. and I seen this. I seen emergency personnel get hit by vehicles mm-hmm. just because they said they didn't see him or whatever. You know, it's just it, it's a dangerous thing. It, you down. don't think it is, but it, it's it's yeah. bad on them roadways. So and I, all I'm those much people have a here.
0: family that they're trying to get home to. Oh so. yeah,
1: everybody. Let's keep so, that in mind. Yep.
0: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the exact scope of the survey plan for region four of the Louisiana watershed initiative. You're looking at collecting both topographic and bathymetric survey data. So for those who are not familiar with survey technology, can you tell us the difference between those two data sets, topographic and bathymetric?
1: Uh, The topographic is more of your mapping. Mm -hmm. It's more of, you know, on land, Mm -hmm. getting elevation, showing contours of everything. Okay pretty much what we're doing right what my crew's doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: bathymetric is your underwater stuff okay your sonars you you know all that stuff lidar you know anything side scans anything underwater mm-hmm. you know getting that imagery or whatever they're looking for underwater okay that's the difference both of us going on here when the creek's too wide or too deep we have our at department that comes out okay. and they do the sonars and all that stuff too, mm-hmm. because we can't i mean the right. water's 30 foot deep right there's no way we have, you're not we putting have the on uh, uh
0: you're not putting a snorkel no, on no for that. no no
1: no no can't do that and uh so they come out with mm-hmm. all their equipment and mm-hmm. they they can survey all underwater. water yeah they could get the contours positionings everything that we need mm-hmm. that the state needs right and get it mapped and modeled for them. okay and that's that's the two differences
0: okay cool all right jonathan you and your crew you're out here, you're responsible for collecting what's called cross-section data. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to us what a cross-section is?
1: A cross-section is pretty much getting the contours or elevations, more of your topo of the creek is okay. what we're doing. So what we do is we do a natural ground where the, the land's has a natural state, mm-hmm. and we get the high bank. Right when the bank starts diving off, we'll shoot that in, survey it in, we get a slope, if it's more of a, you know, like a slope,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a toe, a center line. A toe? A toe is where the bottom of the creek hits the bank of where it's coming up. Okay. Right? And the center line, which is the center line of the ditch or creek. Okay. The same thing going back up on the other side. And okay. What it does gives us a big contour of okay. how deep the water it, you know, the bottom of the creek is compared to our high bank and okay. compared to our natural grounds. Okay. So it's pretty much just a contour, just mm-hmm. elevations, seeing mm-hmm. what it looks like.
0: And you gotta stay depths. on the same trajectory, like yeah, just, like it, looks, it looks it looks real across. good because we
1: we've done all line work. Mm-hmm. So we try to keep it as straight as possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it it might be bad on the other side, so we might have to move over ten, fifteen feet over. So it may
0: go like this. It may go like yeah, it like might
1: that. go a little screwed angle or something. Mm-hmm. It just depends, it, it depends. how. The terrain is, you know. Okay. Sometimes we can't get up on the other side. How so. many
0: cross sections do you think you've done on this project? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ten, a lot. twenty, a hundred, a 1, thousand.
1: How many I did like on just on this project? Yeah. Or cool, hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah, I say close to two hundred probably. And across your
0: career, how many? Ooh,
1: thousands. 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 Hey, that's
0: pretty cool. Because we do, though.
1: like, when I work in New Mexico or. West Texas, even South Texas, Mm -hmm. some of the clients ask us when we do a well location. Yeah. Sometimes 500 by 500 pad. They Mm -hmm. want a cross section every 25 feet. Oh, okay. This is show, see how the land is, see what they have to build up, what they have to cut, what they have to field. So, I mean, we count in 16 years, Mm -hmm. thousands. Okay. Thousands and thousands. Just
0: depends on like the detail orientation of the client, like what they require. Yeah. Depends what they they
1: want. Yeah. Yep. If they want to see what it looks like. Mm you know sometimes they needed to see okay we need to build this side up yeah or we need to cut this side down build you know that right. kind of stuff you know
0: make their calculations exactly
1: exactly and our cross section is just I guess it's seeing seen the elevations you know coming from the beginning north and south you yeah. know so it kind of helps them out to see where the water is actually draining and you know stuff like that okay so
0: nice well thanks yeah. for explaining that yes ma'am I think you're done a great job explaining it to me so that (laughs) I can understand. And hopefully everybody listening can appreciate that. You're very seasoned in your career. Oh yeah. 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 That's really cool. I marinated
1: pretty good. (laughs) I
0: marinated pretty good. Okay. So you're also responsible for collecting hydraulic structure data for this project. So can you give us some more detail on what type of structures you're inventorying and the kind of information that
1: you're gathering about them? Yeah, a lot of that. Um, a lot of bridges. Okay. Culverts. Okay. That's usually the only structures we're really coming across. Okay. Of course, we got to survey all the bridges that they handpicked, I guess, what they want. Right. We survey it, get elevations. We get low core, which is the lowest part of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Anything that could affect the water from passing, especially okay. when it's high waters. Rails, like the guard rails. Okay. We got to shoot that in. Show them how high it is, if it's open or closed. If water could come through it, or water's gonna go around. Okay. You know? So doing a lot of that. Culverts, we gotta shoot in culverts. What sizes they are? Get the invert. So elevation. What's an invert. Invert is so if you're shooting on the top of the culvert, mm-hmm. the bottom of the culvert, that's gonna be invert right in there. Okay. So sometimes we could get a rod down there and just take a direct shot. Okay. But sometimes we have to get on top and get an invert shot to where We have to measure the pipe by hand. Right. So we got a 24 inch culvert. Uh huh. We just add that to our rod height. Uh huh. And that gives us our invert. So
0: you encounter a bridge and you think you're going to spend how much time about these? It depends
1: on traffic and how bad the bridge is, how big the bridge is. Okay. Uh, Our bigger bridges here. We've been having our AT department come out and scan it.
0: And when you say AT, we're talking about uh, our advanced, advanced technology technologies yes. division. Okay.
1: And they would come out and uh, they bring their scanners out and all that stuff. And they do it because it's a lot quicker for them.
0: Okay. So they're collecting... Yeah. a zillion points a second. Yeah, they're they collecting okay.
1: a golly amount of data.
0: Okay. So it just depends if it's a big Yeah, if it's a big think, okay. sweeping
1: bridge or it's two 3,000 feet long. You
0: determine you whether it or it not you need support yeah, with, the, we just give it to with them. that other and equipment.
1: We help them out. Sometimes they do that just to help them up. They do the bridge, we'll come back and get the cross sections okay. on each side. I got you. It just depends on what the timing is. And if we're close enough to each other, mm-hmm. we'll do that. Yep.
0: Okay, nice. So, this I'm really curious about. How is the information tracked and then relayed to the in-office project team?
1: Well, like I said, we have the forms on our phones. app, okay. that, And two, that's three. the
0: survey one, two, three? Yes. That's yes. the Esri technology? Yep. Okay.
1: So, we have a farm for the bridges, or structures, okay. and we have a farm for our cross sections. Okay. So, as we we're doing it, the office could see it right when we submitted it. Real-time. In. They could see it real-time. They okay. Could, they have it right then and there. Yeah. And that's how they keep in track of us. Where we at? What points are we on?
0: Okay. Your project progress. Yeah.
1: See how we're we doing. And then all my data, I send in all my data at night. Okay. So I email all my data in. Mm-hmm. And they can see on there, okay, look, you got these points, these points and stuff. And okay. we do a report. We send a report in. Tell them, look, we got these points. These points we couldn't do. All right. No access. Okay, these are our structures we did. Here's our cross sections. Okay. That way they could keep up and take out what's done or what we need to address for later. Okay. That's how we keep in track.
0: Nice. Yep. Okay, that sounds like a good workflow. Oh yeah, it's working out good. All right, just a few more questions before we get in the woods. All right. (laughs) So uh, the survey plan, it references the use of alternative survey methodologies, which we kind of talked about, in addition to the more traditional methods or ground-based methods that you and your crew are executing. So these include single-beam sonar, laser scanning, and LiDAR technologies. And we kind of already touched on this, but maybe you can add to it. Can you talk about instances where these additional supplemental technologies are warranted, cases that you encounter where you call up our advanced technologies group for support? We kind of touched on them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I called you. So when the
0: water's too deep.
1: Yeah. We had the drone come fly. Mm And which, it worked out good. I think he went to other regions or Mm -hmm. other areas, other forks. Yeah. And helped some other crews out with it. With the LIDAR and all that, the LIDAR is good. It could give a good, but it doesn't penetrate water. Okay. But a few inches. Right. So actually, we kind of have to go manually in it if we can. Right. Because we use kayaks, flat bottoms. Like I said, the water's 20 feet deep. We're taking a chance of losing our equipment. Right. You know, we're struggling to try to use a long rod, True. you know, pole. So they would come in with their scanning. Okay. AT would come in and if it's big enough to where they could get a decent boat in, they could survey. Okay. So as far as I know, I think they could get into everything that we had issues with. Okay. And sometimes they would find the problem before we even came up to it. Mm-hmm. So they already were scheduled to do these bigger areas that they know we couldn't get into.
0: Right. So. So when the water's too deep, when the bridge is too big, you're yeah. calling in for we call support. You're calling AT. You're letting them know. Yep. They're coming out here with yeah. their equipment. Or if you're having accessibility issues, they can kind of use yeah. Google Earth back we, in we the office. You get them
1: out instead of just leaving it blank and not done. Mm-hmm. I mean that wouldn't look good sending it in. Right. Say so, yeah, we couldn't get it. Right. We tried everything we could. So you're getting
0: creative. Getting, you're using your resources. you are using, using all the, the resources. Yeah. you know? To so, fill in all as many blanks as you can. Yeah. Exactly. Okay.
1: We try to leave nothing blank.
0: All right. So now that we've talked (laughs) about all that y'all have been up to out here, what do you think about showing us around?
1: All right. We'll do that.
0: All right. Okay. So while we're having a lull in the action, it's brought to my attention that y'all have faced some pretty extreme conditions lately. Heard about the recent gathering around a pot of gumbo where engineering and survey teams were celebrating the tremendous efforts of y'all's field crews on this job. And they told me that there were some stories exchanged. And so I was just wondering if you would share a story or two with us, maybe some of the crazier scenarios that you well, encountered that people <laughs> want to know. Okay.
1: <laughs> I had one guy stop me in the middle of the road, asking me where I was going. There was a dead end street, but it was about two miles long. I told him what I was doing, why I'm doing it, and where I was going. And he was like, not happy about it. I said, look, we could skip this. There's no problem. I'll go to another area. So he said, no, no, no. You, you coming back here. You might as well come and do it. Okay. I said, okay. So he goes out there. He unlocks the gates. And he told me, he says, you, you, lucky you ran into me. Because if I would have saw you truck parked right here, I would have put you and all you guys. I got an excavator back there. Y'all been in that truck, I bury a and bury all y'all. Oh no. Your truck, your side-by-side, side, everything.
0: He was serious?
1: Yeah, he was serious.
0: Like you felt you felt and, threatened? Oh,
1: it was it was almost to that point. Cause then you told me a hunter trespassed on his property a week prior. Uh-uh. And I guess it got into confrontation or something. He hit him. And now he's in a lawsuit over that. So I was like, look, I'm going to go to another area. Yeah. No, I already opened the gate. Just go do what you got to do. I said, all right. So,
0: so he changed temperature want, I, on I, I you?
1: No, he was still. So I told my guys, I said, look, we're going to get on the bike. We're going to go ride back there where he can't see us. Okay. Wait for about five minutes and come back. Because I want to tell him, no, I'm not going in there. Right. And then he get upset because now he wouldn't open the gates. and. Right. So I just kind of did that way, you know. Yeah. Played safe. Yeah. So...
0: And then, to then he told me he was long. going to run
1: to his neighbor's house because his neighbors would shoot at anything. And he's, to me, it's a crazy calling another one crazy. Right. He said, I'm going to let him know y'all back there. That way he doesn't come out and just start shooting in the woods. Uh-oh. I was like.
0: It's a dangerous situation. Yeah.
1: Well, you see, you got all these people that live way out in these yeah. woods. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be bothered with. That's why they out there. Yeah. And here we're coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And look, we're not trying to. I get people telling me, oh, now you're going to put me in the flood zone and all this. I said, no, we're not doing that.
0: So what do you want these landowners who may have misconceptions about the work that y'all are doing out here? Like, what do you want them to know about the benefits of y'all coming out here? And-
1: we're here to help y'all. Yeah. I know I'm fighting it. Uh, right. past three years, I lose my insurance every year. I have to find new insurance for my house. Right. And this is part of the reasoning is to try to keep the insurance companies in the state. Yeah. Well, when they see us in the creeks, they automatically think flood. You're going to put me in the flood zone. Uh It's going to cost me this money. And it's not the case. It's a whole different survey when you got to do that kind of work. Yeah. And... Sometimes they don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't want to chance it. and sometimes mm-hmm. Maybe they just don't believe me. Right, you know? right, right. Which I understand, you know. but They
0: just have some skepticism. Yeah. And so, so you kind of approach be, them delicately. Real
1: polite with them. Say, look, yeah. we're not going to go back there. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I could go off to the next one. It's, it's yeah. fine, you know.
0: But you wish that they all knew that this yeah. was actually to benefit I them, wish. to yeah. benefit the state. And because
1: our normal jobs doing oil field, you know, oil and gas work, mm-hmm. we have land, man. Yeah. So majority of the time, mm-hmm. 90%, 85% they're of the kind time. They're
0: serving as your go-between.
1: The landman already contacted the landowners okay. on the property is going to be on. Okay. So they know we out there. Yeah. So if they're like, hey, I don't want nobody out there. Well, the landman already dealt with it. True. We just don't go out there. It's not one of those I just stumble across it and say, hey, I don't want you out here. Then I'm in a bad spot. You know? I got you. But that's what's different about this one is that we're we're pretty much have to get our own permissions. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do. You mm-hmm. know, that's why I knock on doors. That's mm-hmm. why I talk to people. Uh over there in Elizabeth, we go eat lunch at this little uh Chevron gas station. Okay. After about two or three days, the people started asking, are y'all the surveyors surveying the creeks? Ah. So they knew we were there.
0: Okay. They're talk. It was All good
1: because I felt bad because okay now they know we're here. Yeah. But it was bad because now they started locking up gates.
0: Ah uh-huh. you couldn't get in. That so depends. So it go, it we know which ways. ones, yeah. Because we're past, <laughs>
1: it's like, okay, this gate's open. we we'll would be back here probably in two days. we we'll would yeah. be at to this point. Mm-hmm. Two days come, we come, gate's are locked. Well, we know the gate's open over there. over there, gate's are locked. Gotcha. It's all because it started talking. Yeah. It's good and bad. Yeah. You know, especially in small communities, small towns.
0: Well, I just want to put this out there that I collaborated with one of our engineers who's working on this project, Austin Ducey. Okay to finalize the interview questions for today. And he said, and I want to quote him directly, we would not be to maker without our field crews. And this project would not be any type of a success without your efforts. And so I wonder if you reflect on the impact that you and your crew and fellow colleagues out here in the field have on our organization
1: and how you think
0: about being such a vital part of our success.
1: I mean, I, I agree with the field, I mean, they. Without us, I mean, you know, not too many people are crazy enough to come out here. Yeah. You know, I mean, there ain't many more surveyors left to do this kind of work. Right. That's what I'm gathering. But it's kind of a mutual thing. Like Joe Bruce, for instance. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have him to call. Yeah. I can't just come out here and start surveying. We need preparations. We need guidance. We need to know what we're doing. What we're doing it for. I think it's a two-way street, personally. I respect them. They respect us. And as long as it, it stays like that, I think mm-hmm. we'd be all right. It's not that if it wasn't for us, we wouldn't have Fence to make. Up. It's the same way around.
0: Yeah. One. Company. So
1: yeah, it's 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 both ways. Yeah. But sometimes you get knuckleheads, and you know it goes the other way. Yeah. But it's just this is the way I feel. Yeah. You know, because if I'm out here and I have a question something I never did before or seen yeah. before, I need somebody to call. Absolutely. You know. It's the reciprocity. Yeah, two-way yeah. street, like you yeah. said. Yeah. I think it's everybody. If it wasn't for everybody here, we wouldn't have a company. True. Somebody go get the work. I don't know how to go out there and get work. Yeah. Processing. I don't know how to process. Right. Just like processing, don't know how to do this. Yeah. You know, it's
0: every step in the process requires. It's a, all part of the blocks. Person. It's all a link in the chain. Up.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's all part of that that chain, like you said. That circle is just. Got to have each other.
0: Yeah. Well, we appreciate everything that you're doing out uh-huh. here. Okay. So before we go, and I know we might get deeper into the woods or something, which is exciting for me. But Whatever you want. Maybe that happens or not. <laughs> but uh, before we go, I have to ask our closing question. So this is a question that I pose to all of our interview guests in the spirit of Fueled, our podcast name. What fuels you in general, life, work, family? What's fueling you My family. You
1: and My family. Just to give them a good life. Give them most of the stuff that they want, you know, some of the stuff they have to go get by themselves, No, Yeah, it's my family. That's what keeps me going. People I work with. I work for many other companies and some rough ones, man. Some people that just don't care. And that's what keeps me going. New areas, new jobs, new terrain, new people, you know. But the main thing is my family. Putting a roof over the head, keeping them fed. Enjoy the nice. I, I, I didn't grow up with much. So... To give them double what I had growing up, it, that's, that's what fuels me, so.
0: Well, thank yep. you for being part of our Fence Maker yes, family. And thanks again for having us out today.
1: Yep, anytime. All Enjoyed right. it.